The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another. Hmm, If we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then do you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd, for all regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And he said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and said the same and answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, the first. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. The Gospel of the Lord. I would guess that everyone who shares my birth year and grew up in this country can enthusiastically sing along to Wannabe by the Spice Girls. (laughs) And everyone my age has definitely slow danced at least once to Aerosmith's Don't Want to Miss a Thing. We can all shake it like a Polaroid picture and understand the reference. And we heard Vitamin C's Friends Forever at at least one school graduation. And we're prone to sing a line from closing time when we want people to leave a space. You don't have to go home, but you can stay here. Exactly, yep. See, whether we loved these songs or hated these songs at the time, whether we wanted to learn these songs or not, it's like a shared language for everyone born in 1989. Yes, I was born the year of Taylor Swift, yes. And I'm sure you could come up with your own list of songs based on your birth year. It's funny, though, how this music unites us now. It wasn't particularly unifying then. All of us kids divided up into groups and cliques along lines of interest and perceived coolness. And yet, no matter how different we thought ourselves back then, we can all share the same sense of nostalgia over these songs now. Music is one of those places where we find common ground. In our second reading today, Paul's letter to the Philippians is about community, about Christ, and about love. 
It's this beautiful passage of scripture where Paul encourages the people to be of the same mind, the same love. It's a tall order. Is it even possible? Most people wouldn't think so. But Paul encourages unity in the congregation because of the gifts that community brings. Where we are in relationship with one another, there is encouragement. There is consolation. There is the joy of sharing. There is compassion and sympathy. And in the life of following Jesus, especially at a time when it was dangerous to do so, one needed all of the encouragement, joy, and compassion you could find. And then, as he encourages and persuades his audience, Paul draws from a hymn. Verses 6 through 11 are an early Christian hymn, one that would have been so well known from their worship together. Paul is drawing on a song that predates the Gospels themselves. When those early Jesus followers were first coming together, doing something brand new and worshiping together. This was a song that reminded them of who God is and who they are. The words of the song lift up Christ's selflessness, of how on the cross he emptied himself of all his power and he died so that all may live. And that is our example of how we are to live for others. The words of the song are important to his point, but so is the fact that Paul quotes a hymn at all. Because this hymn is something that they share in common. Whatever differences exist now, this was common ground. An example of the type of unity Paul was encouraging. Like saying, if you don't think it's possible to come together, start here. Start in worship. Start with your shared song. And while this particular song might not ring as familiar to us now, there are a number of hymns today that would reveal our common ground. Okay, so I didn't do this at the first service, but I think we could play it like a game. So I'll sing the first phrase, and I think you could sing back to me the next part of the phrase. Let's try it. Amazing grace. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Okay. This little light of mine. have grown up in all different parts of the country, come from a variety of cultural backgrounds, and yet we all have these songs in our heart, a shared language. Today is World Communion Sunday. It is a day when we recognize and we pray for the unity of the church. Now, at the end of the month, we'll celebrate Reformation and maybe celebrate the way that the Lutheran voice adds to the Christian community. 
but we start the month by recognizing that we are part of something so much bigger than ourselves. That God's work is bigger than any one congregation, any one denomination, any single community. That we are not all the same, but we share an identity in Christ. We share the waters of baptism, the meal of Holy Communion, and many sacred songs. We have more in common than we might think. Like the first time I went to worship at Christmas Eve with Burton and his family, who are Congregationalists, they ended their service singing Silent Night by Candlelight. Just like every Lutheran Christmas Eve worship service of my childhood though they did use battery-operated candles, which was a first for me at the time. And when I spent a summer in Pennsylvania, I worshipped at a non-denominational church that included an altar call at every service and would use rap music in worship, and yet they also sang This Little Light of Mine. And when I attended my uncle's funeral in a Catholic church, we sang Be Not Afraid, and I am the bread of life. Somehow, these songs and hymns transcend any one denomination. And if songs can do that, then worship can do that. And if we can come together in worship, then we can come together in service and in fellowship and in purpose. We are brought together by our identity in Christ a savior who gave up his life so that God and people could be united. And when we try to be like Christ, when we love God and live for the sake of others, that identity alone brings us together. We might have different traditions, different ways of doing things, even opposing viewpoints on really important issues. And I say this as a person who, because of my gender, would not be welcome to preach in every pulpit. And yet, there is common ground in Christ, this little light of mine, that by coming together, we learn from one another, and it's how we all grow. At our Calumet retreat last weekend, we talked about sharing what is sacred to us. We shared favorite worship songs and earliest church memories and those who first shared the gospel with us. Many of us could point to our parents as the first people who shared their faith with us. Many, two boys on the trip, they learned that they shared the, the same favorite church song as the grains of wheat. And I recalled my childhood pastor who would bless my favorite doll during communion right after I received a blessing. We laughed in recognition when our experiences matched, and we expanded our understanding when our experiences were different. Later in our service at the end, during the announcements, you'll hear Pastor Renee's summary report from the Capital Campaign Interviews. I had a preview of it, and I won't give too much away. But I will say that there is so much love for being part of Emmanuel. We all want the building to be a welcoming place for worship and community gatherings. We all want to keep serving our neighbors. 
we look at the list of projects and we might prioritize them a bit differently based on our maybe our own experiences of our own homes and such. But wow, are we united in the goal of wanting what is best for our building and our congregation. I'm excited for the next steps in the process. And on Wednesday nights, the conversations that are happening during civic life and faith are fascinating. Like this past Wednesday, we were asked to think about a positive experience talking about politics and a negative experience talking about politics and reflecting on what made those experiences positive or negative. And as we talked and as we listened, I think we realized how much we do share in common, how we all want our families to be safe, for hungry children to be fed, for everyone to have the freedom to practice their religion. Our disagreements are more about how we get there. And that feels like a much smaller divide. Whenever we talk about unity, I think there's a question of why. Why come together with people we disagree with? Why take the energy and the patience to love others who don't share our opinions? It's what Jesus did. In his relationships with the sinners and in his relationships with the righteous who thought they knew it all, he had energy and patience and love for everyone. And for us, it's a posture of humility. It's understanding that there is always more to understand. Growing in love in situations when it's more difficult to love. And knowing that our voice in the choir is just one part. Music is made all the richer and more beautiful when all the different voices are present. When there's a bass line and a descant, accompaniment and harmonies, layered and textured, one song with many parts. A celebration of both diversity and unity. In the church, the shared body of Christ we need all the parts. May we find being in relationship with one another, encouragement, consolation, compassion, sympathy, and joy. And may we be of one love. Amen.